630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. to stop the Rileys. He drops back. Blue Chiefs looking for Everly. He's going. Going to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown Eskimos. One timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Crosby versus Ovechkin tonight. one nothing for the Capitals over the Penguins. 12 minutes into that game. Just one other game in the NHL. It's the Calgary Flames coming off that shutout win in Minnesota last night, hosting the Arizona Coyotes. Both teams struggling. And bad news for the Flames today. Johnny Goudreau, surgery on a fractured finger. So he'll be out a while. Can also tell you the Devils, Taylor Hall, arthroscopic left knee surgery. He's out three to four weeks because of a torn meniscus. Anze Copa unlikely to play tomorrow for the LA Kings against the Oilers because of uh, upper body injury and Steven Stamkos for the Lightning out indefinitely with a lateral meniscus tear. Injury update to get things going. We'll update your quarterback Mike Riley in about a minute or two here as he looked pretty good at practice today but uh, you'll hear some comments straight from Mike Riley. I I got something that I just find incredibly amusing right off the top of the show today that this happened on on Twitter actually which is which is our new reality now let's face it we basically spend most of our lives on Twitter uh, by the way my name is Reed Wilkins it's inside sports on 6:30 chat 607 thanks a lot for tuning in tonight Matthew Panashik is on the other side of the window has no idea I'm referring to him because he got a new iPhone today and he's not focused on work at all Oh, no, I heard that. Oh, I'm I heard that. Go. Oh, my head was down looking at my phone, but I'm listening to the whole show. Capitals are up one nothing. <laughs> you said, too, so. I did say that. There you uh, go. Matthew, in all seriousness, well, this this is actually pretty funny. Uh, do you know who Kate Upton is? Of course. Swimsuit model. Well, I guess model in general, but she's. Uh, I know her from her appearances in Sports Illustrated. Do you know who her, her, her boyfriend is? She is with Justin Verlander. Star oh. pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. You didn't know that, eh? Didn't know that. Don't remember those naughty pictures they got off her phone a couple of years ago, which Ooh. is awful that somebody did that to them, by the way. Not good at all. But they've, they've, been, they've been together a while. So the, the Cy Young winners, this is hilarious, the Cy Young winners were announced today. Rick Porcello won the American League Cy Young, and uh, he just barely edged out Justin Verlander. Now, what happened was Verlander had... More first place votes, fourteen to eight, but Porcello wound up with more second place votes and had a higher uh, point total overall when they tallied everything up. So a lot of people think, well, Verlander should have won. I mean, Porcello had a better one loss record. Some of the other numbers are slightly in favor of Verlander, but anyway, this prompted Kate Upton. Okay, Kate Upton, uh, swimsuit model. This was her tweet today. Now, there's a word here I can't say on the radio, so I'm just going to say the word blank. I think most of you will be able to figure out what word she actually used. And if you can't, just ask a friend or make an educated guess. Here's Kate Upton's tweet after the American League Cy Young was announced. (laughs) 
Hey, Major League Baseball, I thought I was the only person allowed to blank Justin Verlander. (laughs) What two writers didn't have him on their ballot? No, that is great. That is great. A guy's celebrity model girlfriend going to bat because he didn't win the Cy Young. That is incredible. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Tell you what we can have some fun with on the text line tonight, as well as texting in about sports. Send me the most uh, noble thing your significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, ever did to publicly defend you. 630-630-780-496-0063. Tell you what. Mike Riley at practice today. The Eskimos back to work. He suffered that, what I think was a left shoulder injury during the game against the Ottawa Red Blacks on Sunday. He was out there. He was throwing it around. He was taking the number one quarterback reps. I feel great. I mean, I didn't feel like I was hindered in any way today coming out to practice. So, you know, just sore from the game in general, but don't really feel any different than I do after any other game. So it was good to get out here and get a good solid day one of practice. But, uh, yeah, I don't feel hindered. Obviously, it's good to get out here and and practice. You know, it's been feeling good for the last couple of days. But uh, until you get out here and run around a little bit, um, you know, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, every, you can do everything. And like I say, I feel feel about the same as I did a week ago, which is uh, pretty good, so I'm ready to go. He is uh, ready to go, making a point of that with his demonstration at practice today and his words to the media afterwards. Here's head coach Jason Moss talking about his quarterback. Um, he was practicing today, that's all I'll say about it. Look good. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing it just fine, so um, you know, obviously you know, we re- re-evaluated him after the game and you know, he's out here today. It's a good thing for us. Your leader, your your starter is, is out here practicing one of the most important weeks of, of the year. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing for us, obviously. Um, you know, we have confidence in everybody that's on our football team. But, you know, a lot of it starts with your quarterback and your starting quarterback in general. And, uh, you know, he's our leader, and it, it was good to see him out here. He impressed you even more and more every week about his gamesmanship, his pain tolerance, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, Mike's, I mean, I think everyone in the league understands what a warrior he is and uh, that he'll play through just about anything um, and he's willing to do that. Um, but, you know, it, you know, we, we are all very appreciative of, of, uh, of how, how he plays the game and, and who he is. Good running game helps the quarterback, huh? No question. I mean, we said it all along. We knew it all along. We've we've said we haven't shied away from the fact that we feel like we're a physical football team that needs to run the ball to win. And uh, you know, it, it helps everybody. It helps our whole team. Um, you know, um, you know, going forward, I mean, that's that's what we plan on doing. It's what we want to do is run, be able to run the ball and then let everything play off of that. Do you, do you change anything in the way you handle Riley in terms of deployment if he's starting? No. I mean, as long as Mike's ready to go, um, he'll be starting. So, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. And obviously we get the whole ch- the whole week to evaluate that and evaluate him. And, um, you know, that's where we'll, where we'll be by the end of the week is knowing his status. And if he's available to us, he'll, he'll start. And if he's available, he'll run the ball if you need him to? He'll do anything. He, if, as long as he's on the field, he is, he's not going to – there's going to be no chains on him at all. It's, he's going to play the way he plays. And, you know, that's why we want to make sure he's capable of doing that. Well, you can't change the guy. You can't put chains on him. And if he's going to play, then he has to be who he is. And that's the point I made when I called into Dave on the points after show on Sunday because there there were a small but vocal uh, group of people 
on Sunday saying, why didn't Riley slide? Why is he running? If he starts sliding and not running and not taking contact, he's not Mike Riley. And unfortunately, sometimes that leads to minor injuries. And that's what this is. It is a minor injury. He is going to play. Now, Riley was asked today if he is going to change his style. No, I mean, if I felt like I wasn't able to play, um, you know, at, at full level, I wouldn't be giving my team a very good chance to win. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be out here right now. So, uh, you know, our, our staff is always of the belief that if you if you can't play um, and you can't go full, they're not going to put you out there and put you in a bad position. So, you know, again, I've known for a couple of days that I felt great, but uh, to be able to come out here and, and practice full go and, and uh, you know, feel fine, uh, it was, that was a good surprise to have, I guess. All right, so I, I, think, I think the story, uh, more or less, I won't say it ends here. I mean, they did sign Thomas DeMarco, I think, as a little insurance at quarterback just in case. Uh, I don't want. I, I don't want to go so far to, as to say that this isn't isn't affecting Riley, or or maybe you know he's banged up. But I, I don't think this is going to be a minute by minute update like we got a couple of years ago. Whether or not he's going to be able to play, I, I think he's he's good to go. Um, I think something happened with the shoulder. He came back onto the bench. He was he he was moving his wrist and arm. If he really needed to, maybe he could have even played in that game on, on Sunday at the end after getting hurt. So so Riley's ready. He had some other big news today. Well, actually, on Monday, his wife Emily gave birth to their daughter, Brooklyn Sloan Riley. Brooklyn, for where they fell in love. Sloan, which is Gaelic, for warrior. And Riley, happy to be a dad. Oh, uh, sleepless nights. No, for my wife more than me. Uh, it's been great. Um, yeah, Monday Monday night was a special night, and uh, you know, haven't slept a lot. Uh, part of that's just from excitement, um, you know, and just uh, having the new addition to our family. Uh, the other part of that is it's hard to sleep when you got a newborn crying. But uh, my wife did an amazing job. Um, you know, I'm I'm very impressed with her. People like to believe that I'm tough, but I got nothing on her. So uh, it was it was a pretty amazing experience. And uh, yeah, two days in, being a dad's awesome. I love it. So. Girl. girl, girl. Yep, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Sloan Riley. So yep, she's uh, she's she's gonna be a, a handful. There's no question about it. But uh, I, I accept the challenge. All right. So uh, there we go. So we've had a couple of uh, Edmonton pro athletes become dads uh, here in the fall. Cam Talbot and now Mike Riley. Okay, we got some Oiler talk uh, coming up. Obviously, they've hit an incredible dry spell with the scoring. Their next game is tomorrow. It's on 6.30, Chet. 7 o'clock face-off show, 8.30 for the drop of the puck. Don't forget the Eskimos game, Sunday morning, 9.30 pregame show, kickoff at 11. The Big L texting in. He says, Reed, in addition to winning the Cy Young, I guess Porcello got Kate Upton. And Jared says, Reed, if I were Verlander, I'd much rather get blanked by Kate Upton than Major League Baseball. Uh, I love you guys. I really do. Thanks for tuning in. DeAnthony Batiste is coming up as well. That'll be between 6.30 and 7. We got some uh, Euler talk coming up. We'll get to some text to 630-630-780-496-0063. This is Cam Talbot. This is Oscar Plefbaum. This is Zach Kaskin. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. Help bring Christmas to those who might otherwise go without. Please support 630 Ched, Santa's Anonymous.
621 Inside Sports on 630. Chet, got a text here from Mike in Sturgeon. He says, the way you explain the scoring for Upton's boyfriend pitcher for the award sounded like the U.S. election results, LMAO. Well, here's the thing. Porcello carried Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan. They thought Verlander was going to get those states, but then he didn't. Is that, is that fair enough? Verlander had more first-place votes, but Porcello wound up with more uh, points in the voting overall. I, lo- I love how Mike calls uh, Justin Verlander Upton's boyfriend pitcher. One of the best pitchers of the era. But no, we know him as Kate Upton's boyfriend pitcher. Uh, I asked for uh, stories about the most noble thing your significant other has ever done for you. Mike from Central Alberta says, The best thing the wife did for me was promise the doctor in ICU at Red Deer Hospital that she would drive me straight back to the hospital after Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final in 2006 after I refused to watch it in the hospital in the sitting area and signed myself out. Well, it's, that's, I'd like to know more to that story. So he's in intensive care. Well, clearly you were, obviously you were sick, Mike, but at least you were, you were well enough to walk around. Refused to watch the game in the hospital. You know what? I can't blame him. Matthew, my, uh, my cousin, recently had to spend, uh, he's, he's uh, older than me, he's around 60. He had to spend a few days in the hospital recently. And uh, the, the TV they had in the little gathering area near his ward was probably from 1988 like it was a tube tv wasn't wasn't a flat screen tv so i could understand why someone would not want to watch the uh the game on that tv all right uh max scherzer by the way won the uh, nl cy young he also won it in he won the AL award back in 2013 with the Tigers so he has won in uh, each league. The Oilers farm team the Bakersfield Condors had their field trip day game this morning, home game against the Manitoba Moose. The Moose won 4-1. Joey Lalegia had the Condors goal. Taylor Beck had an assist. He has a point in six consecutive games. All right. So the Oilers have lost four straight. They're 9-7-1. I'm I'm a little I'm a little stunned with the lack of scoring. They're they're certainly getting shots. Uh, they have, but they only have four goals on their last 115 shots over the last three games. So, I mean, you're sitting there around a three percent shooting percentage. Um, it, it's it's an interesting dialogue now with the team. First of all, I'm I'm not in the mode, and I know and I know some people are, and I know as fans, you're going to have different reactions than people in the media do because you're a lot more emotionally tied to what's going on. But I don't think it's, well, here's another year where they're going to finish in the bottom three in the league. I don't even think they're going to be in the bottom three in the division because I think they'll finish ahead of Arizona, Calgary, and Vancouver. Um, but it's interesting now how the dialogue has become, where's the scoring? Now, it's not the only issue. I mean, they, they're still making, they've, they've made some mistakes. Talbot's save percentage has dropped off. I mean, it's averaged out a little bit, though most of the goals he's giving up are, are on pretty good looks. But let me ask you this which players on the Oilers are meeting or exceeding offensive expectations I think there's three of them 
Connor McDavid, I would say, is meeting expectations. I think Patrick Maroon is probably meeting or exceeding. And Tyler Pitlick is certainly exceeding expectations, especially since if you're like me, you didn't even think he was going to be on the team. So clearly he's exceeding expectations. You got Milan Lucic around half a point a game. You got Leon Dreisaitl around half a point per game. You got Ryan Nugent Hopkins under that with only two goals so far in the season. You got Jordan Eberle slightly under what you would expect in terms of points per game, but hasn't been doing a whole bunch lately except for the Pittsburgh game. And you got Benoit Pouliot, who would be nice if he could get 35 or 40 points out of him, has now gone 10 games without a single point. So I'm, I'm sort of torn in how to evaluate what's going on with the team because I don't think they're being totally boxed out of games. That's a term we've used in past years where just all the shots were of, of weak quality and they never really had a scoring chance. They've had a lot of pretty good scoring chances the last three games that they haven't finished. So to me, it's a matter of... Uh, they, they just got to execute. I mean, I, I think they're starting to think about it. But I, I do feel they're in a situation where if they pop one, they might get a couple more quick ones. But, you know, you can talk about the shots on goal and all that kind of stuff. Craig Simpson put it well on Oilers Now today. Stats are for losers. You start looking at the shot clock and all that kind of other stuff if you're in a situation where you're not executing. And the Oilers are not making plays. It's the same complaint I have about the Eskimos secondary. They don't make plays. And right now they're not making the plays with the puck in or around the net. I think they're getting the puck in and around the net and they're getting people there most of the time. They're just not finishing. I I don't think it's going to last much longer, but it's definitely been a contributing factor to the four losses in a row. You can text 630-630. It's 627. D'Anthony Batiste is coming up to talk Eskimos as well. Please drop off a new toy for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous at any shopping center. Costco, Toys R Us, or Canadian Tire. Making Christmas dreams come true. 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Thanks for tuning in. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. I'm going to get to Jared on the phone line in a second here. Chris texting in. He says, good evening, Reed. I hate to say it, but Milan Lucic better get more than 40 points for $6 million unless he starts being more of what, doing more of what he was brought in here for. Aggression, leadership, other things besides scoring. He also isn't doing. He gets a C grade so far for me. Totally fair comment from Chris. Uh, Chris, quite frankly, C might even be a bit of a generous grade. And absolutely, he needs to be more than half a point per game player. Now, the season isn't over, so obviously we continue to evaluate. Jeremy from Glendon, Pierogi Town. Hey, Reed, Lucic looks like he's lost his role. He came into the season expecting to play with Connor, so he was focusing on his finesse game. That hasn't worked. He needs to focus on being a big guy, big hits, play the cycle, get to the net, and play with his stick down and ready. Jeremy from Glendon. Uh, I think there's some potential there with him and Dreisaitl. I will say that. Corey the Butcher says, Hi, Reed. The Oilers are two games over 500 after Halloween and higher in the standings than the Flames. That's okay by me. <laughs> that is from Corey the Butcher. All right. Jared is on line one, 780-496-0063. Hello, Jared. Hi, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. I just got a quick comment on the Oilers, uh, you know, having their scoring trouble. And, and based off 
the experience maybe I had like uh, pitching in baseball and playing hockey and a little bit in golf is that when Todd McClellan kind of came down on on Pouliot in the game, that was kind of the changing point for him in the sense that he played a much tighter game. He wasn't playing loose. And he, I don't think he's got a point since then. And I think that they're so wound up and they're so tight that they, they just don't have that finesse around the net. And you look at like a baseball pitcher, you have to have the accuracy, you have to have the looseness but you still have to have the control. Same in golf. Like Golfers are great one week and then they're horrible the next, but it's all that fine touch and feel. And you can't, you can't be a goal scorer and be all nervous and be tight. And I think Todd and McClellan, like they're playing hard, but when they get that chance, they're just so like wound up that they can't score. And until that like cork of nerves pops, and I agree with you, they'll just have an outpouring of five, of five or six goals in a game but right now they look very tight whenever they get um, a scoring chance at all. Well, I think they are thinking about it. And, you, I mean, you heard, uh, I mean, uh, I should have had it ready here, but McDavid's post-game comment from last night, the guy asked him a question. He was just like, yeah, but it's the same thing over and over again. Like, you, you got to finish, right? So it, it's, I, I, I do think it's, it's starting to eat at them a little bit. I mean, they know what the shots say. They all know personally how close or not close they were to scoring. The the, the players know better than anybody else how realistic it was for them to score or get a better chance on a play. I mean, McDavid has a breakaway, didn't get a shot on goal. I mean, he knows it's his job to at least get a shot there, right? So, yeah, Yeah. I I do think think it's, it's getting to them a little bit. And, you know, they're not getting the timely goals and the time. And I'm not putting this on Talbot, but, I mean, he's... I mean, even good goalies go through phases where they look a little more average. He's kind of looking a little more average right now. So they had a lot of things clicking seven of the first eight games. Now those things have gone the other way, and I think they have the exact record that they deserve, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, what are we in now? Seven, I, I, like They have nine wins in 17 games. I wouldn't be surprised if they have 18 after 34. Like I kind of think that's the pace they're going to stay on overall, but I think there's going to be tons and ups and downs in between. I don't think no. there's, there's going to be a lot of steady where they go three and two in every five-game session. Like I think they're going to be a very streaky team. Because I think that out of all the years I've watched hockey, this year in the NHL is probably where all the teams – like are decent there's some not great ones but there's nobody really dominating anymore and that's why i think the others still are going to be in there for the playoffs right it's going to be tight but i think that you know there's no outstanding teams anymore everything the salary cap has kind of balanced everything out and it's tough like the, the one goal now is such a big deal in a game like how many games are won by one or two goals or an empty netter at the end Yep. So it all comes down to you're not playing to win, you're playing not to lose, right? Well, look and, uh, how costly, I mean, those Rangers and Pittsburgh games on the road are perfect examples. you got to get those into overtime, right? Yeah. you got to at least get those into overtime. That's at least two more points and, and maybe four more. But I think, I think, Jared, another thing that keeps me a little more optimistic about the Oilers' playoff hopes is the division. Because I don't think I, I don't think Arizona or Vancouver are going to pass Edmonton. I doubt Calgary does at this point. Yeah. Um, so now you got to beat out one of the California teams to get a playoff spot. And L, like, folks, if you're on your computer, go look at LA's roster and tell you if that scares you like it would have two years ago. It's not that good. 
No, like they got guys like they got guys playing. Like Teddy Purcell was playing in their top six. I think Setaguchi's up in their top six. Like it's not the same. Kopitar's yeah, out now. Again, I'm not saying that. We've talked about this before. Oilers playing injured teams. They got to start taking advantage of it. But I'm just saying, in the long haul, this isn't an LA team that's going to get 110 points. They might get 88. No, no, that's, that's true. And then they, they, I mean, they may not even make the playoffs. They may be the odd team out or San Jose. They're an older team, and all of a sudden, if they slump, it's it's tight. But I just want to ask you one last question, Reed. Yes. You know, we're in year one here. Where do you think in years like four or five, Lucic will be with his contract? Like, where do you think that's all? Yeah, well, I, I, I understood the argument in the summer that people were worried about the last uh, the last two years. I, but to me, that's not a reason not to sign him because you yeah. needed a player like that. Yeah. I, I think he's going to pull out of it this year. Um, I, 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 you know, look at Sekera. I mean, he kind of underwhelmed people for the first 12 games last year. And then he sort of fit in. And then now that he has Larson and Clefbaum above him, you don't mind him. Uh, I... I the last two years of Lucci's contract, fine. I totally understand the worry. Like, I, like I get it. I, I, I totally acknowledge there's a risk that he could be really slowed down by then. Absolutely get it. Or maybe he's going to have to change his role a little bit. Yeah. But I, I think, I think we're fine that he can play, you know, some effective seasons here as a, as a top two line left winger. I, I don't, I don't think he's out there using a walker to get around or anything. No, no, yeah, but it's, uh, I, I actually, I, I was never a big fan of him, but I did expect more so far, and, uh, you know, there's certain elements of his game that I don't know if he can change, right? And so I think that, you know, he's going to be more like on the second or third line, cause I, and maybe the odd time on the first line, but he's, he's not what I expected in, in a lot of ways, and hopefully he can get better because they're going to need him, right? Absolutely. Jared, thanks for calling, buddy. Bye-bye. That is Jarrett, 780-496-0063. Next Oilers game tomorrow at Los Angeles. Eskimos getting ready to face Ottawa on Sunday. Old lineman DeAnthony Batiste coming up after the break. I'm Mike Riley. I'm Chris Ketzlaff. I'm Adarius Bowman. I'm JC Shirt of your Edmonton Eskimos. This season, please support 630 Ched, Santa's Anonymous. All right, we have DeAnthony Batiste from the Eskimos waiting on the line. Brian uh, called in during the commercial. Brian, I got to get to DA right away, but I got uh, 30 seconds for you. What's up? All I was wondering was uh, this year, last year I had heard so much talk about the goaltender equipment changing. Never Did happened. Changed this year. Never happened. Is it going to happen next year? Do you know? Uh, they're still talking about it. Couple of uh, Google uh, Google Mark Spector goalie equipment. He wrote a really good column a couple of months ago. I believe the gist of it was that a couple of veteran guys were delaying hold, try, uh, holding up some of the changes, and uh, I think the GMs discussed it at their meetings earlier this week. But there were no changes made for this year. Great stuff. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. All right. That's Brian calling in. All right. Eskimos getting ready to face the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Eskimos offensive lineman DeAnthony Batiste. DeAnthony, how are you doing? I'm good, and you? I'm doing very well. Great to have you back on the show. It's been a bit a few weeks since I, I, I've talked to you. You know, I'm, I'm curious because uh, most most pro athletes are pretty big sports fans the the fall's busy are you are you watching yeah, all is. football you watch did you watch the cubs you've been watching a little hockey what are you what are you into here you know what i've been following i've been following the hometown boys the oilers they've been doing well and i've been you know congratulate them on all the success they've been having thus far in that season they're looking good and uh yeah cubbies win 
Did you, did, did, the curse is over. <laughs> do you have a favorite baseball team, or did you just jump on the Cubs bandwagon for this fall? <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, it, it's been so long. I'm just glad that they were able, after such a long drought season of championships there in Chicago, that they were able to finally bring one home. Now, you're a, you're a smart guy. You're in Edmontonia now, so you, you, you follow the yep. Oilers. You know you got to get in with the, the hometown vibe. You grew up in oh, Louisiana, definitely. though. Was there any yes, any knowledge or connection of hockey when you were living in Louisiana? No, no, not at all. Uh, we're more we're normally uh, used to the warm weather sports. So if, it's, if it can be done in uh, plus uh, plus forty degree weather, then uh, I have no idea what uh, what sports they can be played out there. So hockey wasn't my sport, in other words. <laughs> so, what, what, do you remember your when you watched your first hockey game, or maybe attended your first hockey game? Uh that was in 2009. Uh, uh, when I was at a Capitals game, and uh, whenever I was playing for the Washington Redskins, and that was uh, definitely interesting. So, yeah, I'm a hockey fan now. I'm definitely an Oilers fan, and then uh, let's go Oilers. All right. So, uh, I mean, you played in a few cities uh, south of the border, and, and now you've been an Edmontonian. Right. Um, is there uh, besides Edmonton? Uh, because I, I I know Edmonton's number one. Which city had the the best or the most interesting sports fans? Do you think of the ones you lived in, or maybe the craziest? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'd have to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Really? Yep. They have some they have some diehard fans. They love you whenever you're winning, and they hate you whenever you're losing. But they're still right there, right along with you every Sunday. So that's one thing I can say about the team. I love loyal fans, and we definitely have a lot of great loyal fans here in Edmonton. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, the Dallas Dallas Cowboy fans are some great fans. Did you get to see Tony Romo come out yesterday and kind of say, uh, you know, I understand. I got I got to step aside here, and Prescott has to keep playing. Yes, I definitely did, and, and you gotta have to you have to understand his position that the team's winning with the guys that they have in, and you don't want to mess. Uh, obviously, if you're a team guy, you don't want to mess with the nucleus and a good thing that them guys have going. And the the record that they're having right now, and the success they're having, not only through the air but on the ground, it's it's a testament to him being a big enough man and a big enough player to realize that, hey, you know, if it's his time's over, it's over. But at the same time, everybody's in this to win. And the best position for the Dallas Cowboys to win was for him to step aside and let Prescott do his thing. All right. Well, you guys, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos, have had some pretty good things going with your quarterback. Uh, How would Mike look today in, in practice after taking that hit on Sunday? Well, you know what, uh, Mike, that's our leader right there. And to, to say uh, he came out there today and he threw the ball around very well, and that's the one thing I can say about him. He's our leader, and he's definite warrior, and there's nothing that can kind of keep him down. So he's he's definitely been looking great, and I I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's nothing there's nothing that can, can keep him out on game day. Somebody like that, I, I've seen him play through so many things and no matter who's under center we know we're going to be in a good position because Franklin's a great quarterback as well but at the same time um we know where our leader is and uh, I'd be surprised if you know he's not in the mix this weekend yeah for sure what were you thinking on Sunday when he had to walk off the field though or does it happen so fast you're just back in the huddle and away you go Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. That's just what happened. And, and I turned around. I was like, oh, okay. And and at the same time, I knew it wasn't nothing too serious. And and at the same time, you know, it's it's, it's good that uh, you know the coaches and and everybody was smart enough about the injury. But at the same time, uh, Franklin came in there and he managed the game well, and we were able to get out of there with the win and on to the next game.
All right, DeAnthony Batiste from the Eskimos offensive line joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Hey, man, like I, I talked to you a few weeks ago when you guys had had three or four really good games running the ball, and that's right. that's continued. And, and I mean, John White, 160 yards in Ottawa, and and some. I mean, not to, to not take anything away from John, but you guys really opens up some big holes for him. What allowed right. the running game to click so well on the weekend? Uh, to be honest, it's just guys coming in and taking taking these games very serious. These playoff games, you're one and done. And the thing about these playoff games, you have to play every play, not just every game, every play like it's your last. And guys, the veteran guys we have in our offensive line group and, and the wide receivers that are blocking on the edge, we're all taking our jobs very, very serious at this point because one play can either decide a game or, you know, decide whether you win or lose. And you never know when that play is coming. So every play you have to block like it's your last. And guys definitely took it to heart. And we know that coming in this year and defending a cup and not only defending our great cup championship, but doing it with a crossover is definitely, you know, it's tough and it's never been done. And with that, you have to take that as a personal challenge to say that you have to take your job just that much more serious because it's hard. Not only repeating is hard, but doing it in a crossover, which has never been done, is extremely difficult. So guys are taking it upon themselves to look at that, look at their books one more time before the game and the night before the game and take their jobs just that much serious because it's one thing to get beat get beat physically that that happens those guys on the other side of the ball are getting paid to do their job as well but being beat mentally and being mentally tough is something that we've done all year and we've just proved it by being a mentally tough team and blocking up our guys and staying on the same page and communicating the different fronts because bc and and teams like hamilton they present present so many multiple fronts and being able to communicate that between Sorensen out center and uh, Matt O'Donnell, we have to be very vocal about what happens whenever there's sudden changes, whether they're going a uh, four-down front or you see them come all up and they up front. We just communicate it, block it up, and John runs the ball wherever it's supposed to be run. And it worked out very well for us. And being able to play next to guys that have been together for so long is definitely key in that aspect. Yeah, for sure. Well, you definitely get the sense the continuity is, is helping. What did you think of John yeah. White's dance after his second touchdown? <laughs> I almost nailed him. I don't know if you saw that, but I literally – I'm running up behind to celebrate with him, and I almost completely took him out. I kind of had to shuffle around him, and, and just I barely missed him, but I didn't – I was surprised. I, my, it was so eye-opening to me. I didn't expect him to do that split. I, I thought he could have been injured after that. that. If that would have been me, my hamstring would have been left on that turf, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, and uh, final, final question here. Obviously, Ottawa didn't beat them this season, but it's also been a long time since you played them. August 6th was the last matchup. Just uh, in terms of the guys you're going to be facing, they're, they're front seven. Uh, what are the challenges they present? Uh, they present a lot of a lot of challenges because that's their strength of their team is their their front seven, and uh, they have Cleon Lane, which they just signed to their to their roster, uh, Whiteside, which have been playing well throughout the year, and those guys they play very well together, and they are very 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 smart football team, but at the same time they play through the whistle, and you always see those guys. And a lot of the plays that they make, they're hustle plays, and they out hustle guys in other, in other words they, they finish very well so what we have to do and take it upon ourselves is 
match that intensity uh, or, or if anything take that intensity to a whole nother level so that way the plays that they normally would make just by out hustling teams with effort then the plays that they're normally able to make they're not able to make them because they're not being they're not out hustling the team that they're playing because you simply just want it more and if we do that on Sunday then I see no problem uh, with us handling their front and matching their intensity Right on. Well, DeAnthony, I know it's going to be another good one. You guys sound so focused right now. Thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Same here. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Will do. That's DeAnthony Batiste. Always great to chat with him. Very well-spoken gentleman. And, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw that watching the Eskimos game. John White was doing his little dance in the end, and Batiste comes plowing in there to celebrate with them and uh, almost bowled them right over. But big game for John White, who didn't practice today, but uh, he's he's fine just getting another day's rest. He's going to be a big part of the Eskimos' success on Sunday. 3 nothing Washington leading Pittsburgh in the NHL. Arizona and Calgary start later on. The Oil Kings are getting set to host Regina. Oil Kings goalie Patrick Day is the CHL goaltender of the week. In the NBA, it's Drake Knight in Toronto. They lead Golden State 47-44 in the second quarter. Uh, of course, just want to remind you, we've had a bit of a uh, exciting programming announcement here on 630 Chet. Now from 8 to 11 every weeknight, Charles Adler is back on our airwaves with Charles Adler tonight. Uh, veteran, popular broadcaster back with us the show launched on uh monday if, if you missed it you missed so much great stuff oh you know what matthew actually i, I got a i got a clip a little bit from uh, from charles adler tonight on monday conquered if you will by a master race of giant space ants it's difficult to tell from this vantage point whether they will consume the captive Earthmen or merely enslave them one thing is for certain there is no stopping them the ants will soon be here and I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. So there we go. Just a little snippet from uh, Charles Adler tonight. Debuted Monday, coming up 8 to 11 here on 6.30 Chet. We have a lot more to talk about. You know, the, the Canadian Football League did something today that really irritated me in relation to the end of the Eskimos-Hamilton game. Going to get into that with Kevin Carius from Global Television and Tom Gazzola, host of Oilers TV, on your computer and mobile device. Talk a little Oilers, talk a little uh, Eskimos, and the quiz for Carius is back, which will include Tom Gazzola. So it's a quiz for Carius and Gazzola, but he's not always here, so it's still the quiz for Carius. We're back after the news inside Sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.